This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Five Rivers Pub in Southampton, sponsored by Happy Hot Tubs in support of the incredible Saints Foundation. This is TSP 100 Live. <laughs> Smashing a lovely welcome, so thank you very much. Um, I had a note here to say that even though we look like a uh, very, very old Take That tribute band, I promise we're not. So uh, we are Total Saints Podcast. I want to introduce everyone. So um, next to me, to my right, I have Steve Grant. Um, Steve is the owner of saintsweb.co.uk. Um, you can probably tell from the suntan that he's fresh from Newlands. He's been spending the week watching England destroy South Africa. Uh, he got back yesterday, and uh, Steve is a Northern season ticket holder. So a round of applause for Steve. At the far end, uh, we have Glenn Delacour. I'm sure many of you have read Glenn's rather sweary league1-10.blogspot. They're brilliant blogs, I think very unique. Uh, we all love them. Glenn, as you know, has filled in since Adam left, so very much appreciated. And that is uh, Glenn Delacour at the end. Thank you. Um, in the middle, I don't think he necessarily needs any introduction. 18 years at the Daily Echo. He's obviously moved on since then and uh, has left the podcast, but... Uh, As part of his role, I wrote down here that um, he was tasked with trying to get some sense out of Ralph Kruger. So uh, for that, probably deserves a medal. It's the uh, former chief sports writer at the Daily Echo. It's Adam Leach. The plan is that we're going to have a a chat through some of our favourite episodes. We're going to hear from Greg Baker, who's here. He's the head of the Saints Foundation. I'm delighted as well that uh, Lisa and the team have brought along Russell Loveland. So he's our special guest tonight. So Russell, thank you very much for coming. Russell's going to talk about um, his experience with the Saints Foundation, 
how they've helped him, and he's now volunteering uh, on the uh, Saints for Sports project. So it'd be great to hear from him. We're going to have a very competitive TSP 100 quiz because we know that Glenn loves quizzes. So does Steve. So that'll be hosted by Will Dorr, who's here tonight as well. Will, as you probably know, and we'll chat about it in a little bit, owns the saintsarchive.com. And Joe Prince-Wright, who uh, is a Saints fan and works for NBC, who's the uh, very, very uh, good-looking beard up there, is uh, going to join us for that as well. So it'd be great to have them on. Um, just briefly, I think you've probably spotted that we got some uh, T-shirts made. I thought it'd be good to do that. I haven't uh, necessarily gone through all of them yet, but I thought, Adam, you could maybe tell us what yours says. Because mine, mine says, is it a must-win, Adam? Uh, mine replies, there's no such thing as a must-win, Ben. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people that I've spoken to tonight have questioned the must-win side of things. So, obviously, we haven't had to bring that up since you left the pod. But uh... Well, there is no such thing as a must-win. <laughs> um, because, as I've said about 400 times in, in the pod, that implies that something happens at the end of a must-win that's lost that means nothing ever happens again. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that clears it up well, once and for all. That's killed that dead, then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never, I've, uh... I've really missed you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, d- I didn't really know what to put on Glenn's T-shirt, so I was sort of struggling for ideas. Um, as you probably know, he did make a comment before we went down to uh, them lock down the road that anyone that thought we would win 4-0 was uh, deluded. So I've already had a T-shirt made with that, so I couldn't get another one done. So if you've listened to the outtakes, um, there was a classic moment where we started recording a few weeks back. And I had to stop because there was some noise in the background. And uh, it was the noise of children arguing, basically. And uh, I said, Glenn, it's probably your... Uh, house so yeah he said and uh went really quiet and uh, then he shouted out glenn what's on your t-shirt i told you to shut the fucking door <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're nearly right with your summation of what happened it was actually my wife she'd um <laughs> she drunk a bottle of wine and the, they were having a very competitive game of articulate and um, which I wasn't invited Is to. Is there any other no, game no, they're not. Um, and they were not remotely respectful of the fact that I was uh, locked in the study trying to uh, talk to all you guys. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That's, that's a nice uh, sort of twist. Frustration the story, so. boiled over. Yeah, yeah. In terms of Steve, um, obviously, I wanted to get Steve a t shirt as well. I decided to not go with the Charlie Austin, it's a thing in a shirt comment. I think for those of you, again, who listen to the pod regularly, Steve, what's on your t shirt? It's a little from column A and a little from column B. Excellent. So um, that's the panel. Um, in terms of our favourite episodes, Adam, I was going to come to you. Just, just firstly, I understand it's your wife's birthday today. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I've been in London working all day, and now I'm here. So I think that's excellent <laughs> commitment that Adam's come straight from London. This can only end well. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, obviously we wish Kelly a very, very happy birthday. Um, 100 episodes. I know you've been with us for most of them. We know you moved on, but can you believe we made it this far? Uh, no, and especially not because on the train down here, I decided I listened to episode one again. I was feeling a bit nostalgic. Um, when I listened to just how awful we were, I can't believe we got to 100 episodes and that so many people have turned up, unless it's just sort of, you know, some sort of masochistic uh, <laughs> desire to see people fumble around dreadfully. But no, I, I mean, I guess the history of the pod, for those that don't know, was that Ben actually approached me about it in in 2016. Ben and I go back a long way. We played football together when we were younger. And uh, I was obviously working at the Echo, and Ben said, well, do you fancy doing this? And at the time, we were talking about doing a podcast at the Echo. um, And so I had to say no, but inevitably, um, it involved, I think, about £200 to get the podcast off the floor at the uh, Echo, and obviously that would have um, broken the budget for the (laughs) next five years, and another 12 people would have had to be made redundant. So uh, that was uh, vetoed. 
And so in 2017, Ben said to me again, are you doing this podcast? Do you fancy doing it um, with me? And I was like, yeah, why not? Let's give it a crack. It'll be a bit of a laugh. Um, and I can't quite honestly believe how much it's grown and, and to have the number of people that are here tonight, number of people, you know, thousands of people that listen to the episodes, number of people that are prepared to put in their pocket to help fund it continuing. Uh, it's just incredible. It makes me really proud. And um, I know Ben didn't introduce himself properly in the introductions, but I think he, he deserves a round of applause for A, starting this, and B, really it is his hard work every single week. He spends hours. He's far too much of a perfectionist on it, as I always say to him. But he really is the one that's, that's driven this the whole way. So um, well done, Ben. So in, in terms of, I gave you a bit of a heads up on this, but in terms of some of your favourite episodes that we've had, I mean, I'm sure everyone will have their own favourites and some of the bad ones as well. I've already had someone say to me that they didn't listen to the post-Lester one. Um, but uh, some of your favourite episodes, Adam? So that was on the hit list of my favourite ones. Um, <laughs> it's, it's actually our most listened to ever for, you said the masochist word earlier, but maybe that's why. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed that one. The Arsenal way. fan TV principle. <laughs> well, I mean... Because when you listen to it again, we basically spent the entire episode either ha- absolutely hammering them or desperately trying to skirt around talking about it and giggling like schoolchildren. Because uh, I think we were all still in a state of shock when we recorded it. So it's quite memorable for that reason. Obviously, episode one is memorable because we didn't have a clue what we were doing. Um, episode 53, I noted down as well, because that was the one that we got out a really short notice when Hasenhutl was appointed. Hughes went and Hasenhutl went out. And I think that was kind of, for me, a bit of a, a milestone episode in that that was a real turning point for like when it became, I would say, a lot more professional. But that suggests that we're in any way professional now. But it became more professional. I mean, the I still think that what Ben especially put together then, the insight of some of the insiders who knew Hasenhutl that he got is actually still the best thing that's ever been done about Ralph Hasenhutl, you know, all this time later. I've never, I've not seen anything in, you know, from the national newspapers or TV or anything that's been better than, than that. And, of course, how could we forget episode 79, which was after Watford away, uh, a very memorable day for the Shane Long goal after seven seconds, the uh, rocket man, uh, Elton John, and John Barnes <laughs> doing the World in Motion rap. At half-time. And, I mean, that is just one of the best memories of about the last decade, I think, seeing that. Yeah. So uh, that definitely goes down in, in, in my memory as one of the best. And, uh, Steve, I mean, you joined, I, I made a note here, episode 39, you became permanent with us. Um, I think it's fair to say it's been a bit of a roller coaster since then. Yeah. Um, it has been, it's been good fun in amongst all my uh, sort of various, various trips and absences and, and things like that. But... Um, didn't realise I'd been around for that long. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that does surprise me. But once you kind of get into the swing of things, it's it kind of just flows, doesn't it? And you yeah. and you kind of get used to the routine of um, Saturday evening, sat on my sofa with the NFL on the TV and on silent, and I'm just chatting away to you lot as if it's well, kind of like this, just sat in a pub round a table chewing the fat. And Glenn, uh, a more recent permanent addition, obviously since Adam left. So you know, very yes. much appreciate you coming on. Um, I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the blog, so it's probably a n- nice addition because I know you can sort of talk about some of your passions, uh, you know, as, as the guys mentioned, I do, because I try to keep it family-friendly, so they're both under strict orders not to swear too much. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think in terms of, you know, that element to your blog. Yeah, it's, it's very different. I was saying to someone earlier on at the bar, I was a little bit, little bit worried when I first came on that it was going to either detract from the blog or the blog was going to detract from this and all that sort of stuff. 
but the sort of method of delivery is uh, is so different and it's um it's not big and it's not clever to swear your head off all the time. And um, I worked out when my kids were growing up, I could actually switch it off and on. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty bad, really. It's uh, but it, I'm a bit like Bob Geldof. It's sort of in the in the rhythm of how I speak. Yeah. So um, yeah. so I try not to. I'm oh, sorry. That's a bit of a bit of an old reference. Most of you are younger than me. But, but, uh, but no, it's been uh, it's been good fun so far, and uh, we'll keep going. I particularly like getting asked about. Cedric, Shane Long, Wesley Hoyt, I love all that, because um, that's a real real effort in uh, self-control to try and uh, say what I want to say without actually saying it. Yeah. No, like poking it. a bear with a big stick. Exactly, that's, yeah. why, that's why I enjoy asking you about them, to be honest. Yeah, but, I know. Uh, I, think, I think from my point of view, I thought I'd just uh, add in as well. I think, you know, for me, every episode is fun and different. I think we try to make them entertaining, but also factual as well. I, I think there's a number that I could choose from. You know, we've had some, thanks to Will, some really great ex-players on the pods of doing the Total Recalls, things like that. For me... You know, my favourite episode would be um, 78, which was the Marcus tribute that we did um, in the summer. Um, it's our second highest, most listened to, so we've had over 2,500. Um, thankfully managed to get Noah, uh, Marcus's grandson, to come on and talk about that, which was a, a nice element. You know, you could tell, I know that Katrina's not necessarily as involved now, but you could still tell the, the passion and the insight there. And um, Joe was obviously on it, Glenn was on it, um, Simon Peach was on it, Tiff was on it, Robbie, Jack Rosser, people like that. So I think for me it felt very emotional but kind of an honour to do it because I think we all in this room realise what Marcus did for our club so for me you know it was very much a a special episode Um, I put together some of the stats not to try and bore you for hours but I thought you know as Adam mentioned there just to give you a bit of a view I guess of how much we've done so as of tonight um, it's 97 episodes that we've recorded I asked my wife about this she thinks it's probably longer than this but I reckon I take about five hours on average to prep and edit and uh, you know do interview research and things like that so uh, I know it's a sad most of it's needless he must be faffing it doesn't take that long the rest of us just turn up and wing it as you probably worked out (laughs) tonight from his cards and our drinks (laughs) 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 didn't Um, didn't even ask me to think about my favourite episode (laughs) I just made that up I have two children as well, so it's the time to do it. But uh, basically, I I worked out over 97 episodes, that's 485 hours, uh, 29,100 minutes of prep which is a total of 20.21 days. So I basically spent 20 days of my life committed to this podcast. Um, in terms of the material that's out there live now, I can see you shaking your head. Um, so um, we've got 5,500 minutes that are live, which is 90 hours, so 3.75 days. So basically all of you in this room, if you're suffering from insomnia or anything like that, could listen to us nonstop for three and three-quarter days, which is pretty depressing as well. But uh, I made a list of... Or they can listen to these stats. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Good, good. When I said ad-lib, I didn't mean towards the host. Oh, OK. So, yeah, so, so, yeah. Um, but we've had 49 guests on during that time as well, so that doesn't include us four or Lucy. So I think, you know, again, we've been really lucky to get everyone to come on and give their time, and I think it's been uh, great fun. So just to carry on with the stats, which I know Glenn will enjoy... Um, <laughs> Just briefly last night, I was staying with mum and dad. They live in Netley Abbey, so I'm down, obviously, from Edinburgh, as you know. Um, the top countries that have listened to the pod, unsurprisingly, the United Kingdom, second, the United States, and Australia is third. As of the date, we've had over 140,000 listens, which I imagine the pod, Greg, when Saints do that, probably get that in 10 minutes. But I think for us, as a little independent podcast, you know, 140,000 listens since we started. I'm pretty proud of that. In terms of less well-known countries, because, again, you know, SoundCloud, who we use to host the pod, give us all of the data around where the pod is being listened to and how it's being listened to so some of the countries that you may not um, sort of know of Myanmar, Philippines, Chad and Kenya 
Cambodia as well. We've had you know less than a hundred listens, but still people in Cambodia and Nepal as well. So it's great. You know, I think the the reach is it's not just the big countries that it's going to. And I know you know Ray's here from In the Number podcast tonight, which is great. You know, there's some really good podcast content out there, and I think it's great that as a club that's not very fashionable, that people all around the world are listening to it and your story and our story. So what I was going to do, Steve, I, I went down one more level as well because I thought not just countries but cities would be fun as well. Okay. Um, so, unsurprisingly, the pod's been listened to mostly in Southampton. Second is London. Um, third, can anyone guess which city? Portsmouth. I, t- <laughs> I told you, didn't I? Yeah, so Portsmouth is. Oh, the, that's uh, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, um, out, outside of the UK, um, Los Angeles is uh, 24th, Dubai is uh, 39th. But, Steve, I, I thought in terms of Portsmouth, the third highest listened to city. To TSP, um, are you surprised by that, or do you think it's understandable in their predicament that they might want to taste the Premier League? Well, they, they, haven't, they haven't got any half decent football to talk about or listen to, so yeah, why not go for the ne- nearest and dearest? The other thing that I just wanted to bring up, Glenn, before we move on, um, I was interested to get your view on Saints' form since the 23rd of November. For those that don't know, that was the day that Adam Leach left the Daily Echo. Do you remember when we moved to St Mary's and we didn't win for whatever it was, four months or something, and there was rumours that we were going to have like an exorcism to get rid of the bad spirits yeah. and all that sort of stuff and the, the Pompey shirt buried on the halfway line and all that stuff, allegedly. So you are, Adam, a, either a bad spirit or a, or a buried Pompey shirt because once, once you've gone... You know, it's just... Well, I've, 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 I've just had enough of this. I keep on getting this all the yeah. time. All the time, people keep on saying. I covered them when they finished sixth in the Premier League, we for goodness care. sake. I am not a curse. That's they got promoted <laughs> twice. Oh, they got relegated yeah. twice. Yeah. They got promoted twice. But, uh, okay. and, and from and, Glenn as well. And administration. Yeah. And, <laughs> and from Glenn. Oh, dear. Yeah. Anyway, I, I like the fact... I did think when you said earlier, actually, about Glenn replacing me, it did remind me of when Virgil van Dijk went and Wesley Hoyt was uh, recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> there are no good footballers right. called Wesley. Yeah, no, Definitely um, not. But yeah, played eight, won five, drawn one, lost two, scored 12, against seven. 16 points and an FA Cup win. Dan Sheldon's here tonight from the Echo. Dan, you've been an absolutely journalistic bounce, so thanks very much. So, uh, good. So, uh, um, Steve, look, just finally, before we finish this section and have a chat to Greg and the guys, um, I, I went back to episode 79 back in July. We all predicted where we felt Saints could finish, and I have to be honest, when I said to Greg in November, start November, that we were going to do this, the plan tonight was not to talk about football on the pitch at all. Um, obviously, that's changed quite a lot, but at that time, Steve, You'd predicted Saints to finish 13th. Lucy had 12th. Adam had 12th. Unsurprisingly, I was uh, further down with 14th. We are recording pre-Leicester, which is going to be tomorrow. Um, based on how things have gone the last few weeks, are you still confident that Saints are going to finish mid-table? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think we've worked out what sort of team we want to be again, which, weird as it sound, that kind of disappeared completely in the space of about three months at the start of the season. I think everyone was reasonably confident at the start of the season, having... Sort of finished when second half of the season was pretty good, given where we started 2019. And I think everyone was fairly confident that we were going to at least keep our heads above water and not be in the sort of dangling storm that we in the the relegation zone. Um, Wow, that took a long time. Well, we're all stunned. 20 minutes. (laughs) Who had 20 minutes in the sweet zone? It is the first time he's spoken, to be fair. But I think having kind of got over, obviously the Leicester game was the theoretically the, the sort of big trough, although I kind of think the Everton game was ten times worse. Um, 
you do eventually bottom out. And everyone, I think that international break that we had in November was key in terms of everybody thinking, okay, let's just reset. Think about what we want to do. We had a plan that worked a year ago. Why don't we try that again? I don't quite know why we ever moved away from it. But You didn't fancy Stuart Armstrong at right back? Well, possibly. Um, yeah, it's been some weird sort of individual choices, I think. Um, some very strange team selections at the start of this season, certainly. But I think now everybody seems to be sort of on the same page again all of a sudden. Whether that's by luck or judgment, who knows? I mean, read the T-shirt. <laughs> so, um, it's a little from column A, a little from column yeah. B. Everyone looks more confident now. Everyone looks like they know what they want to do. Um, but ultimately, it's down to the fixtures, isn't it? And we've got a, got another tough run coming up now, I think, realistically, as long as we're still above that dotted line come mid-late February. I think, um, yeah, I think mid-table is easily achievable. Excellent. All right. Well, that is our Total Saints podcast panel. So we're going to give them a little break uh, while we get uh, Greg and Russell up. Uh, but round of applause. Cheers. Obviously, tonight is very much about the Saints Foundation. I think everyone in the room will know the great work that uh, the Saints Foundation do. And when we decided we were going to do the 100th show tonight, I wanted to make sure that we could do it in association and support. Adam mentioned that I used to play football with him. Um, I'm delighted to say that we're joined by Greg Baker, who's the head of the Saints Foundation. Uh, I used to play football with Greg as well. Uh, there's a theme here. And uh, more importantly, I'm delighted to say that Russell Loveland um, is here as well. And uh, Russell was helped by the Saints Foundation, as I mentioned at the start, now volunteers on the Saints for Sport project and uh, is going to tell us a little bit about his story. So, round of applause for the guys, please. People listening at home won't be able to see this, but it feels like you're miles away. (laughs) But, uh, look, Russell, lovely to uh, meet you, so appreciate you coming along and uh, talking to us. Um, Before we have a chat to Russell, in terms of the Saints Foundation, Greg, your general reflections on 2019? I mean, it's been another really busy year. Another year of, of, of growth and development, I guess. So last March, April time, we relaunched our strategy. So we'd always been doing what I believe is some really good stuff and hopefully what people believe is a good stuff as well. But we really tried to focus our attention on where the need is. Um, so we relaunched our strategy last uh, March, April time, as I say, which was really around making ourselves very clearly Southampton-centric or in and around Southampton, we talk about. So that's, that's working with people very locally. We see ourselves as a local charity to support local people. Um, and talking about doing three things, really, which is making people more involved, healthier and empowered. So those are our three kind of key words. Um, we're about supporting people of all ages and abilities right across Southampton and the surrounding area and really focusing on people that need our support. Yeah. Um, so we're not an organisation to work with the masses. We're really trying to identify need, whether that's within primary schools, working with young people who might be struggling with their mainstream education, the same in secondary schools, working with adults that might be struggling for some reason, yeah. older people who might need a bit of support. So 2019, we expanded some of our programmes. We've got full-time members of staff that now work in eight of the secondary schools across the city, providing day-round support um, year-round for young people, again, that might be struggling with their education. Um, We expanded some of our other programmes. We took on a contract from the City Council, um, which is around Falls programme for older people over the age of 65, likely to fall, recovery from Falls, which is the first time we'd really taken on a statutory contract. So that's coming from the City Council. And actually, for me, that's a really strong... I guess it's, it's great to see that the council 
see us as the best people to deliver that statutory service. So we're not just about providing what traditionally like, voluntary agencies might do already. Yeah. Not just about the nice stuff. Actually, it's about the need in the city. Um, so there's been some really strong stuff that's going on. We launched a programme as well for young people that might be perpetrators or, or at risk of being perpetrators of, of violence. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, again, probably that extra string. Probably five years ago, we wouldn't have done that kind of stuff. We were all around playing football. That's a great thing. We still play football with kids. That's all what it's about. But ultimately, we're now trying to really reach the need of young people and adults in the city, working with multi-agencies, working with whether that's the council, the schools, the police, to really try and make this place. We all love Southampton. Southampton's a great place to live. Mm. Like any urban centre, it's got its problems. Um, and we're there to try and support both those individuals that potentially might need our support, but also to try and make Southampton a better place to live for us all, as well in terms of actually to try and work with those young people that might not have aspirations, that are struggling within school. And actually, we know that there's young people, we, we've seen the stats that say, I'm, my life's not going to amount to anything. I'm not going to be able to achieve. My dad's not done anything. He's unemployed. I'm going to be unemployed, et cetera, et cetera. And actually what we're there to do, we can't solve all the problems, but actually we can try and make people or give them the tools to try and make themselves or give themselves more aspiration to that they can achieve something. And actually that might be with us, but equally might be with other organisations as well. Um, and then I guess in 2019, we were really delighted with Maya's contribution as well. Yeah. So Maya Yoshida, fantastic guy, you all know that, um, decided to make his 1% donation to the foundation. You know, that's not, about the finances. The finances are great, but actually it's about the playing squad who have always been really supportive of what we do anyway yep. to really show that they're massively supportive of us. Maya wanted to give that donation and he felt that to support the guys that have supported him, as in the fans, the best way to do that to, to affect change in Southampton was by giving it to us, which is, is again great. Yep. And as I say, you know, that is not to in any way suggest that the other players have not done you know, what we would expect them to do. You know, Prousey, great guy, one of our ambassadors as well, and the others as well. But actually, Meyer has gone above and beyond, and actually that's been a fantastic thing for us. We've just used his money to now got his name on our Power Football League, which is an opportunity for young people and adults that, are, that might have both physical or cognitive impairments to play football on a regular basis. The same as we, yeah. Ben, had the opportunity to play you know, Saturday, Sunday football. Actually, this is for people that might not have that opportunity to be able to have a, a regular opportunity to play. If I had an applause sign, I think I'd probably put it up about now. <laughs> Just very, very briefly then, before we hear from Russell, focusing on the Saints for Sport project then, Greg, tell us a little bit about what that is and kind of how it works. So as I say, so Saints Foundation is there to support people of all ages in Southampton that need our support. So whether that's someone in a primary school or secondary school that might need a bit of support. Saints for Sport works with adults in the community that might have issues of some kind. So that might be some mental health issues, might be coming out of prison, criminality, drug and alcohol addictions, etc., etc. So that is something that all of us could find ourselves in at one point in time. Yeah. We're there to try and pick people up, to give them routine. With an assumption, and I'm making big assumptions here, and this is not the case in all, in all cases, but people might have a negative routine. So their negative routine might be getting up in the morning and actually the reliance on drug and alcohol. It might be uh, criminality issues, etc., etc. Actually, what Saints for Sport does in association with Society St. James, who are a really strong partner, is to try and provide that routine. So Lisa, who's in the building, runs 15, 16... Lisa, something like that. Lisa, Lisa's waving over there. Yeah. Um, sports sessions, uh, development sessions a week, 
so whether that's gym, boxing, football, tai chi, etc., etc., it's about trying to provide that really positive routine, working with others, including the societies and James, to provide qualifications, yeah. um, to provide work placements, to really try and give people the tools to be able to deliver their potential. So going back to what I was talking about before, Saints Foundation does not achieve things for people. It tries to give them the tools to be able to achieve. Yeah. So for Saints for Sport participants... We don't change people's lives, but what we do is hopefully give them the tools to be able to make the decisions that might be better decisions than people have been able to make before. Yep. That makes sense? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, and Russell, yeah, as I said, thanks so much for coming along tonight. I think everyone really appreciates your, your time. Um, if you're okay to do so, are you able to tell us a bit about your story and how Saints Foundation has helped you? Well, I was the guy I mentioned, the drink, the drugs, um, found myself homeless, in and out of jail. I was always a bit of a lad um, but that just went on and progressed until I guess I was a hopeless alcoholic addict really when I first joined Saints for Sports it was the first time in my life I hadn't used drink or drugs every day so the first time I walked in there was the first time I hadn't had that crutch in my life my life was a, a wreck really I was disengaged from society my whole family just looking back now really alone and isolated um, and then I walked into Saints for Sports and uh I don't know, it's funny, it's been quite a journey for me, really, because I've been full circle with it. And from when I first walked in there, which I probably wouldn't have admitted at the time, but looking back now, I was a broken man. And um, it's funny in a way, because when I walked into them sessions, it was amazing how normal these people were. Scott and Lisa in there just treating me like a normal human being, not the guy on the street who's homeless, that society is not necessarily that kind to some people. Um, certainly wasn't being kind to myself, that's for sure, and I had no self-love or self-worth. Um, but, yeah, just to go in there and find that normal stuff. I mean, I was working recovery with St. James's in the sort of, it's called the mental side of things. Um, but to develop the physical stuff and my body and all that sort of well-being that comes from physical exercise, it was really nice just to be in that sort of non-judgmental place that was quite relaxing, but... It was weird. Underneath, you knew you was doing a lot of work on yourself without sort yeah. of realising it. Yeah. So it was just nice to be humanised again and just to be normal. Man. It really was. Yeah. You've probably answered some of this already, but and I don't want to bring it down, but I think just to give people an understanding of the great work that Greg and his team do, where do you think you'd be now if it wasn't for the Saints Foundation? Uh, I don't think. I mean... It's not. I mean, I'm still, like I say, I'm still involved and I volunteer. I work full-time now. Uh, my first job, I worked for the stewarding crew at the stadium that Lisa and Saints for Sports put me on. Um, now I've moved on to full-time work, so I had to give that up, which I really enjoyed doing. It was a really nice job. It was one of my favourite jobs I've ever had. But um, oh, I could be anywhere. It could be back in the gutter. I'm only one drink or one drug away from being back in that gutter, and that's no joke. Mm. You know, I pick up a pint in here today and that, that's the start, you know. They've got a saying, it's not the ninth carriage that kills you, it's the first one, you know. Yeah. So, but because I've still got that involvement and that grounding with Saints for Sports and I go back and I volunteer at their sessions, yeah. give back what was so freely given to me, which is really important for yeah. me these days. Just um, final question, Russell. I think lots of people in the room will probably volunteer or contribute to the Saints Foundation already. But if there's someone sat out there now that's thinking, do you know what, I might get involved with the Saints Foundation, I might not, that can be inspired by your story, why would you encourage them to work with Greg and his team? 
I think you've got to do it hands down. I mean, if you've got excess time, money, or a story or anything, I mean, the whole point of me even sitting here tonight doing this is to share my story because for me it's just my story and sometimes I feel a bit like, okay, I'm just Russell, do you know what I mean? I'm nothing special. But when people come to you and say, no, you've got a story that needs to be told, get involved because people like me from where I was, we didn't know good people existed. We don't know there's good things like this project in the world. Mm. It doesn't come into our heads, do you know what I mean? Until you actually get involved in it, and you you never know what you can spark in someone just by one sentence, one bit of caring. hasn't even got to be necessarily caring as such, just a bit of attention. You just never know what you can spark in someone to make that change that people clearly need at times, clearly. Absolutely. And uh, Greg, just finally then, um, briefly looking ahead to 2020, again, there'll be events that you guys are hosting, the quiz and the bike ride and things like that that people can get involved in. So just some of the things that you've got coming up this year, which I imagine are going to be a mix of sort of excitement and hard work for you guys, and more importantly, how people can get in touch with the Saints Foundation if they want to help. Okay, yeah. So in terms of our plans for projects and various bits, I think it's more of the same, really. So in terms of, as I say, we redefined our strategy last year. We're very clear on what that is. Very clear that we're a locally-based organisation for local people. Um, there's lots of clubs, and this is not to the detriment of them. They, they do great work. They go and do work in various far-flung places. That's not us. Yep. We are here to support people in a very finite area. We think that this city is, is fantastic, but also needs our support. In terms of some projects that we're taking on the National Citizenship Service for young people, to give them experiences in the summer. But... From a getting involvement perspective, I guess, you know, there's loads of ways. If you own businesses, you can become a friend of Saints Foundation. Jazz at the back of the room will will happily talk to you about that. That's his thing. That's his baby. Um, Some of the activities, we've got a bike ride coming from Brighton to join us on the 2nd of May at the Premier League game. Um, We've got a ride from Bula, which is the place in Switzerland where Marcus is from. Um, So that's coming back. That's about 550, 600 miles on a bike. Are you doing that? I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm on holiday, actually. Um, so, um, So that's in June. There's various other bits in terms of Game of Two Halves is coming up. There's always the eBay auction site to sleep out on the 27th of March, the half marathon on the 26th of April, loads of different ways. But also for people that have some crazy ideas about what they want to do, it's not only fixed to what our activities are. Actually, if you want to go and do some some fundraising, like you did, Ben, in the past when you did the Three Peaks Challenge for us, actually, if anyone's got those ideas, we'll be fully supportive of what people are doing. But from our perspective, we just wanted to say thank you to everyone as fans that get involved, we know that you know we wouldn't exist without the club and we also wouldn't exist and thrive without the support that we get from the fans. So I'd just like to say thank you um, to everyone that's been involved with us in the past for the support that you've given. And actually, it's not just financial. It's about trying to raise our story sometimes. You know, what we struggle with a little bit is advocacy. Actually, around the city is people still don't know enough about what we do. So if you have a chance to speak to a friend to go on our website to find out more, which is just migrated to the club website, so southamptonfc.com, forward slash saints hyphen foundation so there all of our projects are on there all of the ways to get involved are in there but if you have a chance to speak to a mate of yours or family and friends um, about what we do please do that's really important to us as well brilliant well i think a massive thank you from all of us to you um i know your team are very humble you're very humble but i think for all of us i got the opportunity to say you know thank you for the inspirational work you do russell more importantly thank you for coming along and telling us our story and if it inspires people which i'm sure it will then that's uh, you know fabulous so ladies and gentlemen greg baker and russell loveland
sponsored by happyhottubs.co.uk. Right, so we're all, oh, I'm on wireless now. Um, yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, we had additional budget, so uh, cool. So I'm delighted to say that we've been joined by Will Dor, who I mentioned at the start, who is the owner of Saints Archive. Will, give everyone a wave, especially those listening to the podcast. And we've also been uh, joined by uh, Joe Prince-Wright. So Joe is the lead soccer writer and, uh, more importantly, he's a Saints fan, works for uh, NBC Sports. Joe, firstly, um, Happy New Year, mate. Um, I was going to say, again, for people who don't know, you obviously do a lot of coverage of the Premier League in America. So as we know, growing, and we know you've been on the pod to talk about it before. So just briefly, I imagine 2019, another big year for you and NBC. Yeah, I mean, you have no idea how many Saints fans I've tried to recruit in America. So to see that they're the number two ranked country in the pod, maybe I've done something right over the years. Um, but yeah, it's been great. That's, I mean, that's why I did the stats. For yeah, you, so. I, I, thanks, mate. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the Premier League in America, to give you a brief overview, top ten most watched games in Premier League history and TV in America have all been in the last six years since we've had the rights. How many were Saints in? Uh, a lot of them were up there. Um, <laughs> Which, so some, which big team will we be playing against? Yeah, exactly. I think it was against Man United, Chelsea. Yeah. Not, not Burnley. No, shockingly not. So, yeah, it's been great to be part of. I grew up in Southampton, uh, local lad, love Saints. Um, so to be involved in showing the game to the US with the Premier League and not just Saints is a dream come true, really. Um, just come back from New York the other day, spend a lot of time there. But Southampton's always home, so it's great to see a lot of familiar faces and see the club going from strength to strength. Yeah, I must just add, it's great to see so many of the Prince Wrights here. Thank you very much for coming. The whole family's there, I think. So. Um, Will, obviously, thanks for joining us as well. Um, you obviously look after the Saints archive. 2019 was a good year for the archive as well. Yeah, superb year. Um, it's only been two years now, so our second birthday will be coming up at the end of January. And uh, it just goes from strength to strength. We've got over 5,500 members now, which is always growing. Uh, everyone seems to behave themselves in there. So... Um, Yes, yeah, good fun, and um, I probably recommend not posting the 1977-0 loss to Leeds video at the same time you lose 9-0 to Leicester on the same day. <laughs> really aggravates everyone, so apologies if anyone's <laughs> saw all about learning. <laughs> um, and in terms of the archive, again, I'm sure lots of people will know about it, but if they don't, where can they find it, Will? Uh, we've got a website, uh, saintsarchive.com, and if you're not in the mood to look for that, uh, we are on Facebook if you're on that. Just type in the search engine Saints Archive. You'll find uh, our hosting page on that, but the core of everything we do is an actual Facebook group. So you have to uh, answer a few questions to get in. Uh, once you're in, it's just full of videos, uh, photos. There's um, interviews we've done with uh, TSP with various people like Jim McCalliog. It's just a, almost like a hub of everything Saints history. We don't allow current season stuff. I do that. Thankfully. To, yeah, we do that to keep the peace, but... Um, it's varied. It's got a lot of different age groups, um, a lot of youngsters, and they're learning about the club, you know, going back to the 70s, 60s. You know, I think there's a belief that the Saints only exist in the Premier League. We've been going a lot longer than that. Um, we've got former players in there as well, like Glenn Cockrell, as I said, Jim McCalliog, Dave Puckett. So they offer their memories and they talk to supporters via, you know, Facebook, and um, it, it gives back a lot to supporters. Excellent. And those three you mentioned, we've been very lucky to have on the podcast uh, chatting about their time. So um, Will's going to be quiz master. If he's uh, Paul Daniels, I'm going to be his Debbie McGee. I'm going to be his right-hand man through this. Uh, <laughs> Adam looks horrified by that comment. Um, so what we're going to do, um, 
There may... What's been seen cannot be unseen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the chaps are going to be divided into two teams of two for this. Um, we're going to keep it fair. And what I thought I'd do, just to try and make it exciting, is uh, do it in this style of an FA Cup draw, just so that there's no... You guys out there aren't thinking, oh, they've been put together just because they know everything, etc., etc. So in my... Uh, it's an Amazon Christmas bag here. Um, I have four <laughs> ping-pong balls with uh, numbers one to four on them. So what I'm going to do is come to this table at the front, which, again, for those listening in podcast world, you'll just have to visualise a table... Basically, uh, what we're going to do is get you guys to draw out the balls. So if you can just draw out one ball, please. Number three, right. So what I got all of the guys to do was uh, a little bio of their footballing career. Um, Because obviously when Mark Chapman does the FA Cup draw, he always says, you know, someone will hold up number seven and Manchester United and are the 12 times winners and blah, 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 blah. So all of these guys, look at their faces, all of these guys. (laughs) I wondered why you asked for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm now regretting what I wrote. I, I, just, I just hoped I was sat in Joe's seat at this point. But basically, all three of them... Just put my cards down, sorry. You've trying got nothing to, to worry about, Joe. You're actually good. So, no, so, <laughs> so, so number three is uh, Glenn de la Corsa. Glenn, you're going to be on one team. Okay. So basically, Glenn, you're footballing by. You can probably fill it in for us. <laughs> so you, you paid for Airville. Yeah. And you also played for West End Saints as the player manager. I did. And I'll tell you what, you can do the bio. Tell okay. us about your famous appearance at the Dell. My famous appearance at the Dell was in 1984. Southampton used to run this tournament called the Sotonia Cup, where they invited uh, clubs from all over the world, actually, to come and play in it. And when I was 15, representing uh, my team, which was called Airville, we were based... Um, I lived in Waterlooville in Portsmouth. So it was great. Mm. It was great. It was great. So we, we got to the final at the Dell and we won 4-0 and I'd been playing centre-back the whole game and with two minutes to go, the manager said, go on, have a run in midfield. So the first time I got the ball, I thought, well, there's no way I'm going to pass this to anybody. So I hit it, top corner. And the longer ago it gets, the further out I was. <laughs> so I did the, the Mickey Shannon windmill to an empty Milton Road end. Probably looked a bit of a <laughs> but... There you go, and I've got the, uh, got the medal presented to me by um, Ted Bates and a certain coach. Yeah, we won't talk about We, him. we won't talk um, about And I remember on your bio as well, which I've lost the card, so apologies, but I remember on your bio that you said you're a bit like Yannick Vestergaard at the back, although you were... Only quicker. S- quicker <laughs> and better in the air, you said. Quicker and better in the air. <laughs> I'm still quicker and I'm 51. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So, that, so Glenn's going to be a one team, so playing against Glenn. I should have got your name, sorry. Adam. Ian. Is number four. Me. Yep, so playing against Glenn. Yeah, because I thought otherwise it would be obvious who the last two are going to be. Okay. So number four is Adam Leach. So Glenn will be against Adam Leach. Adam Leach's bio. So Adam was a career left-back, which he deems a vital position. (laughs) Um, important on the pitch. He played for ERI, which is... That's Eastley Railway Institute, right? Yeah. Good. He was Eastwood's... uh, So I played with Adam at Eastwood. Adam was captain, but then his dad was the manager. (laughs) (laughs) Both of those things are true. (laughs) Um, but then uh, we had a team where you wouldn't have made the goalkeeper captain, that's for sure. <laughs> Who was a goalkeeper, Ben? Just remind everyone what you said about the best goalkeeper you'd ever played with. I won't even look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, it was remember me. Don't remember that. <laughs> um, but hung up his boots ten years ago for triathlon. We know that Ads loves his uh, triathlon. So uh, he said he was good for five goals a season. His most memorable goal was lobbing a keeper from the halfway line. Although debate still rages over whether it was a clearance. I'm sure it's not much of a debate. <laughs> so t- tonight, Ben, I've got a bit of an exclusive for you. It's not, I can reveal it was it a was clearance. A shot. <laughs> <laughs> Probably.
Probably. There we go. So uh, apparently he's known in Eastley circles as the Eastley Roberto Carlos. But uh, So we've got two team members so far. So playing on Glenn's team is number two. So it'll be Glenn and Steve. We come up with a name for those two. So Steve's bio is uh, that Steve was a former Michelmarsh and Timsbury, Tadburn and our FC player. This relates a lot more to my bio, Steve. So um, started as a striker, 45 goals at under 10s. Yeah. Incredible. Back then, you still play full-size goals. Yeah. So with a with a nine or ten year old between the sticks, you just just boot it up in the air, and he's he's not getting anywhere near it, is he? Yeah. No offside rule, such, I assume. Such, such an easy game back then. It, it sounds a little bit like you still play against these people now. <laughs> I could just see you strolling around against the under nines, just smashing in a hundred goals a season. This, this is he's tiny that goalkeeper. We, we're, we're getting into competitive dad areas here, aren't we? Cool, so uh, excellent. So Steve and Glenn will be together. So I think we know that uh, probably it's going to be... Number one. Excellent. So number one is Joe Prince Wright. So we're going to have Joe Prince Wright and Adam Leach against Glenn de la Cour and Steve Grant. Joe Prince Wright's bio is very, very impressive, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> he, he could actually yeah. play, like I said. Honestly, I did well to keep it down to two cards. So, uh, um, so Joe is a former centre midfield and centre back. He played for Salisbury City and Eastleigh. He captained Hampshire Schoolboys and played for Richmond College. He then went over to the University of Pittsburgh for four years. Then found your way around Scotland, you said, ending up at Elbraith, famous for their smokies. I should know, living up there. Um, Joe said that he once... Did you play Bon Accord? No, I didn't. 36 nil. whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, not not quite as bad as 9 nil. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Joe said that he once scored a bicycle kick, which was a winning goal, so that Pittsburgh reached the biggest playoffs in 2008. That is impressive. Hurt my back doing it. <laughs> <laughs> And then also that you were part of the Arbrace squad that drew one all at Celtic in 2012 Scottish FA Cup. Uh, I think it was like the fourth round, but yeah. it made the club more money than they made in about 10 I, years I previous. did my research. You weren't actually in the matchday squad, though, were you? No. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing gets past me, Jay. <laughs> So what we're going to do, we're going to get you guys involved. Um, so can you do a quick seat shuffle? That would be good. Sorry, Will, it feels like you've been here ages. But um, What we're going to do is get the crowd involved, because I thought that would be handy. So there's a pillar there that is right in the middle of the room. So what we'll do is, in fact, I'll tell you what, the Prince Wrights are all sat here. So we'll do, you guys, you guys can go on Joe and Adam's team, everyone that side on uh, Glenn and Steve's team. It will be two points to the guys if they get the question right. But if they need your help, because there's no multiple choice, Will and I have had that conversation. So if they don't know the answer, they're going to come to you. You can shout out as many choices as you want. They can go with what they want. And if they get it right, they'll get one point. Does that make sense? Excellent. Will, it feels like 20 minutes ago since you came up here, but off you go. Okay, we start off with uh, Glenn and your team. So first question, who was Southampton's substitute for the 1976 FA Cup final? He's going to start moaning already. Huey Fisher. Correct. Okay. That's probably a round of applause. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Adam and Team B. Jim McCalliog set up Bobby Stokes for the winning goal, but who passed the ball to Jim? Cedric. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal cross. Um, yeah, that'll do. Is it Shannon? It was Mick Shannon. Yes! Well done, guys. <laughs> I, made, I made that two points Point each. Yes. I think we might need a tiebreaker if it continues like this. So, uh, second question. It, it won't. Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who was Saints Player of the Season in the 2004-2005 season? Oh, Jesus, that's a, a relegation classic. year, yeah. isn't it? Nobody deserved when, that. When we caught up at the coffee shop this morning, I was when reluctant to have a disappointing yeah. question in there, but it was our relegation season. We know the answer to this one, Will. Do you need to go no to pressure. the crowd, guys? If you want to give them the two points by answering it. <laughs> Right, he's, uh, he said one thing, I've said another, so one of us is going to end up... Or you could oh, go to the crowd, you could phone a friend. Oh, we could, can we ask the crowd? Can we anyway? try and get the crowd involved? 
No, no, we go. We don't need you. We don't need you. <laughs> we can get it wrong all on our own. He's always like this. Peter Crouch. Correct. Oh, yes. Well done. There you go. Look at look at the disappointment in Adam Leach's face. Yeah. We actually knew that. I presented the award on the side of the pitch. <laughs> Competition did you, winner. Did you tell him all about your goal? <laughs> <laughs> Were you stood on a chair? <laughs> Okay, so question two to Adam's team. In the same season, Crouch was top scorer with 12 Premier League goals for the Saints. Which Saint was second place? Let's go on, let's do that. Should we ask the panel? No, go, go for it. Go on, let's have confidence. I think it's Omri Camera. Incorrect, it was Ooh. Kevin Phillips. That's, should have probably uh, gone to the crowd. Oh, there. never mind, lads. Uh, <laughs> should have gone to the crowd. Right, two questions down. I never presented him a trophy, I didn't know that. <laughs> so we've got three questions each left. Okay, so which company sponsored the Saints shirt in the 83-84 season? Lots of mumbling in the crowd. Andy Davis is shaking his head. Do you want to go to the crowd? Very noisy out there. That's because they're so bored of waiting. <laughs> I was going to do a countdown clock, but I thought that would be sad, so I didn't. Is there right, a time r- limit? Yeah, there is. All right. Right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna throw it open to the audience. Ooh, there oh, we go. Can we tell you ballers. what we we think it's one of what season was it again? 83-84. So just to confirm, everyone to the left of the uh, pillar is on the Prince Rights team. So you're asking those people over there that are willing to help you. Greg Baker looks confident. Eighty-three, eighty-four. It's either Rank Xerox or Air Florida. I should probably run over there. <laughs> what do we reckon? Greg has said Air Florida. Yeah, yeah we'll yep, go, go with Air that. Florida. Yeah, that's correct. Well done, Greg Baker. Okay, so we we'll go back to Adam. Uh, what company were the shirt sponsors between '95 and '97? Yeah, Sanderson. Correct. Yes. Well done. Good point. Are you back jo- in it? Joe leans in with real authent when he gives his uh, answers. Joe's carrying this team. Right. <laughs> two, two, <laughs> two questions to go. Come on, Will. Okay, for Glenn's team. When Saints beat Wolves 6 0 at Molyneux in 2007, who scored a hat trick? Uh, that'd be Marek Saganovsky. Well done, Correct. Steve. I know all their answers. You're not on their team. I got drawn in the wrong team. <laughs> <laughs> okay, following up the hat trick questions for Adam 17 uh, year old Alan Shearer scored a hat trick on his senior debut in 1988, but against who? Yes, Arsenal. Yes, correct. Yeah. I think you need to stop calling this Adam, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've yet to answer a question. Yeah. It was a bit like this when we played football, we carried you. <laughs> Harsh. He scored from the halfway line. Yeah, sorry. I never did yeah. that. <laughs> Greg, I played with Greg Baker once, he scored from the halfway line. Was it a clearance? <laughs> <laughs> right, last, last question. Let's just quickly get a score update, Will, so we know where we're going with this. So we've got seven for Glenn's team. And six for Adams. Ooh, there's a lot of pressure. Ooh, feel the tension in here. Last question. Okay, so hopefully we don't need a tie break on this one. So final question for Glenn's team. In February 1941... <laughs> Just okay, after Glenn was born. Yesterday. <laughs> Saints played a home game against Brentford at which stadium? Will has been trawling the archives. If, if you say that and it's wrong, that's horrible. But go on, I like it. Go on. Go on, say it, Steve. I think it's Fratton Park. That's correct. Round of applause for Steve Grant. <laughs> well done, Steve. 
So basically, that means they've won. Well, they've won. <laughs> Can we do the last question anyway? Yeah, yeah come on then. Last question. Okay, to save some pride here, Adam. Saints, <laughs> Saints played at which stadium from 1887 to 1896? Yeah, yeah. Whatever Joe says. Is it <laughs> cricket stadium Antelope Ground? That's correct, yeah. Joe yeah. Right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, interesting fact on that one. Uh, it's close by to where we are now, near the Royal Southampton Hospital, so on the same ground. Excellent. So Glenn will be pleased to know that unlike the quiz that we did last week, we do actually have a couple of trophies here. We smashed our budget to get these very minuscule little quiz. Uh, it says on it, Total Saints Podcast, TSP 100 quiz winners. Ladies and gentlemen, Glenn Delacour and Steve Grant. I'll personally add this to the auction later on if anyone wants to bid on it. final bit of the pod then um, as I mentioned I think I managed to get most of you before uh, you sat down but uh, we're going to do Ask TSP Anything obviously within reason so we've got about probably 10 minutes or so so I, th- I reckon we can rattle through quite a few um, the red box which my wife uh, wrapped up because I'm absolutely rubbish at wrapping is uh, basically we've been asking guests tonight for those that are listening on the pod to um, literally ask the pod anything so it could be to one of us as individuals it could be to the whole panel I went out to all of our patrons and can I just say I know we've got a few of our patrons in here tonight Mark and Justin and uh, Kevin so thanks very much for coming and um, it was on the proviso that you could literally within reason ask us anything so what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to draw out some of the uh, questions at random we literally don't know what they're going to say as I say it could be for any of us and then hopefully the pod are going to answer them so what I'm going to do if you're listening at home, you can imagine me opening a box. So the first question... <laughs> Thrilling. <laughs> we haven't got that really good in 100 episodes. <laughs> no, right. So the first question is for the whole TSP panel. So it's from uh, Charlie Robertson, who has uh, stood by me. So thanks, Charlie. What are your Saints' highest and lowest points while supporting our club? Um, Charlie adds, mine was winning the Johnson's Paint Trophy, seeing so many Saints fans happy again, and thinking I have my club back. The lowest was the uh, phony as Harry Redknapp managing our club. I don't think any of us would disagree with that, Charlie. So, uh, Steve, coming to you first, what are your Saints' highest and lowest points while supporting the club? I think the lowest is probably the home defeat by Rochdale in League One. That was a pretty sort of sore point at... Um, Dean Wilkins. Yeah, and ultimately it probably wasn't even Dean Wilkins' fault, but just the circumstances of everything that was that was going on around that time was just grim, and it was, God, can we just get this over and done with? But everything since then has largely been incredibly positive, and I think I would predominantly agree, I think, with the question in the, um, the Johnson's Paint Trophy final where we had any estimate between 40 and... 55, 60,000 Saints fans in Wembley. Leeds would have taken more. Oh, of course. But, yeah, I, th- I think that day, um, the weather was perfect for it. And, I mean, it just seemed like from, from the very first whistle, there was absolutely no way we weren't going to win that game comfortably. Yeah. Which, for a cup final, is, is extraordinary. Yeah. And we just absolutely smashed it. And it was, it was a brilliant day for everybody. Yeah, no, totally. Um, Glenn, briefly, your highest and lowest points following Saints over the last 412 years? Um... Go back a little bit further than Steve. So the first game I ever went to was actually at Fratton Park just before the FA Cup final in 76. Won that 1-0. So I do remember, I didn't go to the Cup final itself, went to the Charity Shield, but winning the trophy when I was six or seven years old 
we haven't really done it since. So I have to say that, even though I don't remember much about it. The low point, it, it kind of has to be the whole administration fiasco. Um, Rupert Lowe going and then coming back that season under, is it Jan Portfleet? Yeah. <laughs> and Mark that, that was That was quite something. Um, so, so I'd have to say that. But a, a more recent high point was um, similar to what Steve said, was the FA Cup final at Cardiff against yeah. Arsenal. Even though we lost that whole day, the atmosphere, the yellow shirts covering mm. what looked like about three quarters of whatever that ground's called, the Millennium Stadium, yeah, yeah. Was, um, was a special day, even though we lost. No, that's great. Adam, obviously you followed Saints, as we know, for 18 years. I'm sure you've seen many lows during that time. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, in terms of highs and uh, one low that stands out for you. Okay, during that time, I think um, the high would probably be my first season um, was the cup final season covering Saints and the semi-final win at, uh, at Villa Park against Watford. It was just an a amazing day. So many Saints fans and everybody's so happy. The squad were, like, elated and uh, it was just it was just a real joy to be there and working for that. And the low... Um, wow, there's a few Rupert, of those. Rupert Lowe? Uh, well, no. Goodness, I don't know. I, I have a particular memory. Um, Gordon Simpson, who worked with me for many years and is now doing a great job at the club with all their content. He and I quite often joke about it. It was Nottingham Forest away when they were getting relegated under Mark Waters' managership, albeit it wasn't really his fault. And... Uh, yeah, it just felt like such a pointless game. We were just, why are we here? That kind of one of those feelings. What a waste of time. We all know kind of where this is going. Didn't we get the minus 10 points just before that? Game? Yeah, we, yeah. so it was just a total waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I have fond memories of those two, though. Jan Portfleet once said one of the most memorable quotes I've ever known in an interview. He said to me, you can't play football with two fingers stuck up your nose. And... He had quite a thick Dutch accent, so I said to him, I thought, well, I've obviously misheard this. So I said, sorry, what did you just say? And he then proceeded to do it with the motion. So you can't play football with two fingers stuck up your nose. I was like, oh, I heard right. It just doesn't make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think for me, Charlie, um, going to the San Siro, I know Joe talks about it a lot. Um, I know we lost that game. Um, Van Dijk missed great opportunity like he did in all the away games. But uh, I think for being there with 8,000 of us, even when the draw was made, there was, uh, I remember... With all due respect, Les Reed's real smug face when the you know the San Siro came out, and I think for all of us to go there, those who are lucky enough. Well, I went for the whole week with the family, and it was just an amazing experience. Um, I think in terms of lows, there's been a uh, uh, a lot, but um, I think probably that game that uh, we lost down at Fratton Park when uh, I think did Anthony Niemi go off injured or was it we lost? Four he might as well have done. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of something quickly. I think probably when we got stuffed by them lot down the road, but uh, we've had our comeuppance since. So uh, hopefully that answers the questions, yeah. Charlie. So thanks very much, mate. Right, the next one. Oh, this one's from Jeff Stanfield. It looks like it's rigged now. This is for, from a dad. So, um, <laughs> oh, it's really hot. <laughs> um, Sorry, and you were giving out Adam for being the captain. Yeah. So, so, so what I should say is um, some of the ones we don't get to do tonight, I'll make sure that we do in the, the next couple of pods so that everyone gets a chance. So, um, so dad's uh, the whole TSP panel. Um, what do you think have been the benefits <laughs> of the uh, GAO ownership of Saints? Adam, I might come to you with this one. I'm not going to read the rest of it, but uh, yeah, what do you think... What's been the... Because we're trying to keep it family-friendly. Um, we'll have a conversation in the car on the way home, Dad. Um, what, what do you think have been the benefits of the GAO ownership, Adam? And I, I'm just going to ask you this one. Uh, well, um, they haven't gone into administration. So, I mean, that's something. 
Yeah, next, next question. It turns out we've got time for two more. <laughs> right, okay. So this one is for me. So it's from Anon. Uh, is it from your dad? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that's a good question. So thank you, whoever this is from. On a scale of Cedric to Letizier, how nervous were you about tonight? I wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll start calling you a non now. Um, Yeah, look, I mean, I I think for me, of course I was nervous. I was driving down yesterday all the way from Edinburgh thinking about everything that could go wrong. Um, Josh, bless him, not turning up or something like that with the sound equipment. Um, I should have had more trust, Josh. But uh, I think, you know, for me, it's not about me and the pod tonight. It's about the Saints Foundation. I know it sounds cliche, but just seeing all of you here is amazing. And hopefully it's been fun. I know we're nearly at the end. But for me, if we can make some great money from the auction afterwards and it can go to Greg's team, you know, I wouldn't have cared if the pod had gone badly. So more the Letizia end, Glenn, than the uh, Cedric end. But Excellent. Probably somewhere in the middle. So cool. Right. I reckon we've got time for one more. Oh, and rattle through, rattle through a couple and we'll right, just do a you, few okay. two or three word right, answers. Okay. Right. <laughs> This is from a non to me as well. Is this you again? It might be. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to know what that was. Next. (laughs) The whole box is full of a nons. Right. Okay, so this is from uh, Mark offline. So this is for Ben, Glenn and Steve. If you could invite three ex-saints to a dinner party, who would they be? So this is all time, he said, and why? So, Glenn, coming to you. So if you could invite three ex-saints around your house for dinner, what would you cook them? What's your dish of expertise? I haven't got one. It's a takeaway. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but who, who would you invite and why? I've met this guy once. He's the most interesting guy. Was a brilliant footballer, and he's had a second career. He's done fantastically well. Uh, it'd be Mick Channon, yeah. um, without a doubt. Um, mainly because he's. Um, I only saw Mick Channon at the second time he played for Saints, so he was he still he was still good, but he was kind of on his way down. But the the first era, uh, my dad never stops talking about it. So it'd be a. It'd be, that'd be one for my dad, so I'd invite Mick Shannon. Excellent. All right. In terms of me, I think I'd go for uh, Ricky. I probably wouldn't be able to understand what he says, but I think, uh, you know, for me, he's a modern-day hero. I think we all loved seeing him banging the goals. Uh, Matty as well, obviously. Um, I'm old enough that I was at the Dell for many years watching him play. And, you know, what? I've just written down Ali Deer here because I'd love to really... <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably just love to get the whole story about what really happened. Um, Steve, what about you? Um, on the same token, I think I'd, I'd invite Graham Souness. Because um, it was it was his decision to bring the guy in and and take the phone call and let it all play out and I find it amazing that he doesn't really get any questions about it these days or doesn't seem to anyway. It's because he beat the crap out of whoever asked him and then plant <laughs> plant a flag in their garden. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Um, don't know who else. I mean, footballers historically haven't been haven't been all that interesting, have they? As just said the bar, Gordon Strachan's a, an interesting guy, and it, it would be good to get a... It was actually players, Steve, but... Oh, was it players? Well, he, he played, played for other teams. playing football, but just not for Saints. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, you strayed away from the one or two word answers, I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, pick, I'll pick someone who, who will definitely be able to pick, pick, pick a good, good bottle of wine. Um, pick a Frenchman. Morgan Schneidlin. Okay. Cool. Someone that doesn't like Morgan Schneider. No, he'll, he'll know his wine. I can't look, but I can see a lady shaking her head. Uh, right, the uh, penultimate one then is from John. So this has come from offline as well. So this is for the whole panel. This is a non-football related one, which is good. If you could only good. eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? <laughs> Glenn? I don't care. Good, all right. Um, chips. <laughs> Adam, we know that you're a trimmed athlete, so it's probably going to be something related and to bananas. that. Bananas. Yeah. That's a complete lie, but it seems right. appropriate given the build-up you gave of, it. For the rest of your life. 
You'll, yeah, never, you'll never go to the toilet again. <laughs> <laughs> Steve? Uh, fillet steak. Yeah? Yeah. He's such a high-class uh, guy. Um, yeah. I think for me, sausage rolls. I love a sausage roll. So, uh, good. So Keeping Greg's in business. Yeah. Right, last question of the night. So, um, this one's from Ben. Uh, it's for Adam. It says, in the podcast after the Watford away game last season, you implied oh. the World in Motion rap <laughs> was a party piece of yours. <laughs> Will you do it now to help celebrate this 100th episode? Do you know what? I thought that question might come up. Did, did you now? The fact it had black dots all over the back of it. Um, I've actually got the words printed out here. And more importantly, Josh has got an instrumental version of the rap section. I don't need the words. Um, I'm not going to do this, am I? I have to be honest, I trailed through YouTube trying to find an uh, instrumental version. I wouldn't say it's the best one, but it will work for this section, so... Look at everyone getting that. Yeah, get, get your I have no out. words for you, Ben. Do you know what? I, to what describe I, you, I mean. He hasn't had a drink or anything. This is really <laughs> nasty. Yeah, this is nasty. I should be drunk. I, fair, I normally do this when I'm drunk. To be so. fair, I warned him a couple of weeks ago that he might want to practice the word. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'd say is, what would be good, I think all of us remember the World in Motion song. Obviously, the bit at the end around, uh, we're singing for England, etc., etc. So maybe we could give some uh, encouragement to Adam after he's done the... Uh, rap section, just like John Barnes did, by uh, singing that bit at the end. So uh, Josh is going to play the instrumental. So this is it. So it's got a little bit to uh, come in. I think it's about uh, two minutes 40 into the song you'll find. Oh, don't worry. I've, uh, I, this isn't my first rodeo. I've, uh, I've edited it. I've edited it so it's about to go into the section. So here we go. You've got a little instrumental yeah. bridge first. I've, I've literally spent two weeks editing this, so yeah. Just remember where you were when you saw Adam Leach do World in Motion. So. Right, come on then, Ads, let's go for it. You've got to hold and give, but do it at the right time. You can be slow or fast, but you must get to the line. They'll always hit you and hurt you. Defend and attack. There's only one way to beat them. Get round the back, so catch me if you can, cause I'm the England man, and what you're looking at is the master plan. We ain't no hooligans, this ain't a football song. Three lions on my chest, I know we can't go wrong. For England, England. Probably one of the greatest. I've got two children. It may have eclipsed that moment. But, uh, <laughs> right. Excellent. So that is the, uh, the end of the pod. So thank you very much for uh, sticking with us. Um, thanks for listening. Those that are here, those that are uh, listening out in pod world, hope you've enjoyed it. Um, before we go, quick thank yous. Um, it may feel like an Oscar speech, but I think it's incredibly important for us to do them on TSP 100 because a lot of effort has gone into make tonight happen. Firstly, to Manj, Simon and everyone here at Five Rivers, if you haven't been here before, hopefully you know about it now. I know Freddie loves it here. Um, it's brilliant on match days. They have the screens on in here with the games on, um, food, drink, etc., etc. 15, 20 minute uh, walk to uh, St Mary's. So if you haven't got a regular haunt, why not come down here? So a round of applause for uh, Manj and the guys. <laughs> Uh, 
I'm not going to get us to do a round of applause for everyone, but um, just briefly as well to Josh, um, our sound engineer. So Josh is the director of Sound Barrier Systems. Uh, they're a Southampton-based company. So if you're doing any events, weddings, etc., please look them up. A big thank you to our sponsors, Happy Hot Tubs. Um, unfortunately, they couldn't be here tonight. Um, they're actually at a hot tub conference in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> which, which sounds... <laughs> so yes, um, but it's really good here. Uh-huh. Yeah, but uh, but no, seriously. Um, yeah, massive thanks to James, Simon, and all the team at Happy Hot Tubs for sponsoring the pod last season. And this, um, I mentioned them earlier. Our 42 global TSP patrons that uh, keep us going with their support and belief. And as I say, I know you know guys like Mark that very much support us through Patreon.com. Um, so thanks very much to them. All of our Facebook, Twitter followers, SaintsArchive.com. So Will, Leon, you know the fantastic work you do in the partnership. I think it's brought a really great element of. Uh, you know some of the uh, older stuff to the pod Robbie's not here unfortunately from saintsworld.co.uk he has um, given us a couple of items for the auction so a big shout out to Robbie as well just finally uh, again Saints are obviously travelling up to Leicester when we're recording so unfortunately none of the Saints media guys could be here but I have to say a big shout out to Jordan Sibley and the Saints media guys because I think partly because of uh, Adam's relationship but they've always been very supportive of the pod you know me meeting Ralph last season that sort of thing was amazing so um, before I go on to the next one just a round of applause for all those people please so the next one's greg and saints foundation of course amazing people amazing work hopefully tonight's inspired you if you are thinking about volunteering or signing up for any of their events uh, contributing sponsoring etc you know i'm really proud that tonight's worked and hopefully by the time we pull it all together it'll be a good listen um just three quick shout outs obviously to russell and to greg as we mentioned earlier also to amy bennett's that's uh, sat at the back i feel like i've been emailing you every day for the last four or five weeks amy so thanks for all your help as well pulling everything together so a quick round of applause for saints foundation please nearly there all of the guests that we've had on over the uh, 97 episodes all of you here tonight um genuinely it's you know really really appreciate you coming i appreciate it's just after christmas i know some people have traveled miles you know mark's here from swindon and steve's here from fleet things like that so people have traveled miles tonight so really do appreciate it a big thanks to will and obviously joe for being on the pod as well in terms of the panel steve glenn and uh, lucy as i say couldn't be here but it's easy for me. I make notes and notes. All I do is ask you guys the questions. You, you guys are the ones that make the pod what it is. I think without you, it wouldn't be anything. So just before I move on to Adam, a big shout out to Joe, Will, Glenn, Steve and Lucy. Um, finally, just want to say a big thank you to Adam. Uh, Adam went through the, the history at the start, so I'm not going to go over it again. But I think you know your commitment and insight made the pod the success it is now. And you know it's, it's sad that we've lost that element because I think it was something unique. You know, being able to look Ralph in the eye. We've been lucky to have Dan on um, recently. Hopefully, a few more beers tonight, and we can try and agree some sort of contract down or something like that. But uh, obviously, more importantly, wish you very good luck with the Echo, Dan. And uh, Adam's come straight down from London, straight off the train, straight in here tonight to be here. So I think you know. A big round of applause for Adam, please. Uh, and just, just finally, I just want to thank my family. Um, Claire, bless her, does listen. So she's my wife. She does listen to the pod. Um, she's probably one of those insomniacs I spoke about. Um, I think in terms of the tens of thousands of hours that I've mentioned that have, uh, have gone, um, you know, where she's not seen me, I've been up in the study beavering away. She's probably enjoyed the peace and quiet, to be honest. But I must say... 
as we all know, it's been a tough couple of years with Saints. I seem to spend time us talking about Pellegrino, Mark Hughes, and you know depressing times. So it's been hard work sometimes. It's obviously great when they're doing as well as they are now. But I think just in terms of her love, support, and encouragement to sort of keep it going. So I know she's not here, but um, you know I'm not going to get you to do a round of applause for my wife. But I think just you know want to say a massive thank you to her. Just finally, Freddie's here from the ugly inside. If you haven't uh, had a chance to speak to him, but. I caught up with Freddie after the Watford game the last few weeks ago, which um, when I was down, which was the start of the good run, Adam. Um, and uh, yeah, basically, yeah. you know, we all love Saints. And I think for me, it's a great chance to talk about something that I love. I think, you know, all of us, we love our Saints. And I think, you know, we wouldn't change them. They're not the best team in the world, but they're not the worst team in the world. And, you know, I'm proud that TSP has been able to become what it has and play a small role in that. And, you know, I can't emphasize enough been overwhelming some of the people saying how much they enjoy listening to it it's been a great journey this has been tsp 100 i think it's time for a beer thank you very much and obviously keep marching in powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. <laughs> <laughs> you will be fine. <laughs> Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness <laughs> this was like wilderness a lot of laughs y'all weird but you <laughs> yeah, you you were different like you were real different, bro. i can't really put my finger on it and so much more just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip roundabout season two presented by nissan is live now with new episodes rolling out every thursday listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.